Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. We are recording this at the end of what has been a long week, even though we had Monday off (laughs) for Indigenous People's Day, but man. Sometimes those short weeks are the worst. I know, and I used my brain a lot today at work, which I feel like is just wrong on a Friday, but I had to go to an Excel class, and Excel is like my nemesis because, hello, I'm an English person. Excel uses a lot of numbers, and I hate it, and oh my gosh, my brain has been taxed to the limit. We even had like an assignment that we have to do, like going over, like moving these numbers around and manipulating them, and I'm like, okay, you can do this. You can make these formulas. And I worked really hard for like two hours or something. And my brain, my brain is busted. So if I sound even more often lolling than usual, it's Excel that burned my brain. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Katie's was like dreading Excel, not wanting to sleep. She had like uh, the shakes. Yeah, I, know. I made a vomit noise in class today when someone was talking about, like, don't you just love math? This woman who is leading the class, um, there's two of them, and one of them she does pricing, like she's done pricing for like the past ten years, and she she was talking about loving math, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting next to someone who actually works in pricing, and she just laughed. I'm like, yeah, this is not my jam. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, oh boy. But we have a pretty good show, pretty exciting show tonight, today, whenever you're listening. I think you're going to like it. But first, let's start with some news. Now, my dear correspondent in the field sent me some news, and I feel like I looked at what he sent me, and I don't know that I picked any of it for some reason, because it, I don't know. I just wait for things to sing to me, which I realize is not the most scientific way to go about this, but it's too bad. So the what I'm going to talk about tonight, they just jumped at, out at me from Kickstarter. And the first one jumped out at me because it's adorable. And it's one of the things that I just, I love. And I feel like it's my right as someone who has Asian blood in them that I have to like Hello Kitty. I love Hello Kitty. I'm a grown adult who loves Hello Kitty. I'll admit it. Hello Kitty has this adorable game on Kickstarter called Hello Kitty Day in the Park. Does it look like challenging? No, but it looks adorable. So you are actually building the park and you're playing as one of Hello Kitty's little friends or Hello Kitty herself, which is so cute, right? So um, you play a park tile. It does. It does. Oh. I know. Um, you play like a park tile. So you're building the park with the tiles that you have in your hand that you're drawing. And you're, so you're, you have to match up like gardens or, you know, different park type features to each other. So you have to actually do that. Then you can move your character. Um, I think it's like up to three spaces on the four tiles, up to four tile. No. (laughs) You have four tiles in your hand. Um, and then if you like your their tokens on the tiles, like different little symbols, you collect those symbols as tokens. Um, 
there are also attractions that can come up on the tiles that go out there. Yeah, you can move up to three tiles. I was right. Uh, you can move to three tiles or you don't have to choose at all. But as you move, you're gaining like tokens matching the icons of the tiles that you land on. They go in your supply. And then you use those tokens to complete an adventure. So maybe you're going to the farmer's market. So you have to have a little birdie and two flower tokens and a little music token at the farmer's market. And that gives you points. Um, and it also gives you like, um, like you can also get end of the game points for it. So it's not just like, oh, like, oh, I just saw this. But you can also like complete these adventures and then use them for in-game scoring as well as within the game scoring, which I really like. And there's different um, types of adventures, like levels. So depending on who you're playing with, you can play like, um, you know, easier adventures than more difficult ones, which I think is cool. Um. And then you can use, there's also wild tokens as well that you can use for your supply. You're moving on score tracker. You keep your complete adventure. And you just, I don't know. I don't know what ends the route, ends it. I'm sure there's something. They don't talk about it. But yes, you've got adventure cards. There's, um, you get easy, medium, and hard adventure cards. There are 48 park tiles, the starting tile. There are five character cards. Oh, there isn't bats. Mm. Ah, boo. They just unlocked crappy. Maybe you can unlock bats because I thought I saw him somewhere. Oh, he's on a um, he's on one of the adventure cards. Okay, he's as long as dance, he's in there somewhere. He's in a dance competition. You can also play dodgeball with him. All right. I'll Hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, so right now it's Hello Kitty, Pochaco, who's this adorable little dog, my Melody, who's a little bunny, Choco Cat, little black kitty, or Crappy, which is this adorable little frog. And and the players have player powers, the character cards, which that's kind of like a, I mean, this is a little more, this is not just like roll and move. Um, I... And it's adorable. I mean, obviously. Adorable. And then you can, there's like an exclusive edition, which has acrylic tokens and character standing instead of cardboard. And you get an exclusive Hello Kitty minifigure and a tile bag. Um, uh, yeah. So if you are like me and you love Hello Kitty or you know someone in your life that loves Hello Kitty, you need to check out Hello Kitty Day in the Park. So it's on Kickstarter. There are 12 days left on that Kickstarter campaign from the time this drops. If you want just the basic version, it's $30. But if you want like the special Hello Kitty figurine and the acrylic stuff, the exclusive edition is $60. Yeah, this is one that I've been wanting to bet because it looks really good. It sounds like a good game and it's an adorable little theme, but... I also thought it was designed by the same designer who did Creature Comforts. Is that right? It is. It is. Yeah. So, you know, Creature Comforts is amazing. So this is probably pretty good. Yeah. Which is interesting. It says, meet the designer. And it shows her picture and just says, I am. And doesn't say her name at all in like this meet the designer part. But yeah, her past designs include Creature Comforts, Maple Valley, and Octopus's Garden, all of which are adorable and pretty fun too. Yeah, I like um, to play Octopus's Garden. That one looks good. Yeah, it 
it looks now they're still unlocking stuff like the tile bag um, was an unlock. There's advanced scoring and there's a six character if they if they meet that Kickstarter bats. goal. Bats. So bats could be or it could be um oh pom pom Peru. It's probably the stupid star fairy twins or whatever they are. I love them. Little twin stars. No, I hope it's Tuxedo Sam. Oh, yeah. He's cool. He's He's so cute. Oh, my gosh. My Sanrio love is huge. So, anyway, if you like that, it it is quick. Oh, Roberta Taylor. Yeah, Roberta Roberta Taylor. Taylor. Um, Two to four players, 45 minutes. It says ages eight plus. So, there is strategy to this. It it is a little bit above just like a roll and move type thing, but it's Hello Kitty. So check that out. Uh, Hello Kitty Day in the Park. Twelve days, thirty bucks. Next, a game that is not adorable, but the artwork is really pretty, and I'm intrigued by this game. And it's called Monasterium by Emerald Games. I have never heard of. Emerald Games. I mean, just look at it. This game, by looking at it, tells you everything you need to know. Tracks, <laughs> bits. It's about some boring like monastery. <laughs> it's yeah, everything so you need to know. Like the theme is, you're like a dean of this monastery. That doesn't make sense. You're the dean of a cathedral school. It's a beautiful, peaceful valley, right? So you're training novices. There, you're building stained glass windows. You're doing good deeds. You know all those things that monks do at the monkery um so i always thought it should be monkery if it's like a nunnery anyway it's a monastery so a monasterium there uh it's a dice placement game which we really love right so you are going to put dice on the game board you're rolling there's neutral dice and there's personal dice that are that can be available to you so you roll them right you choose one number and you put all the dice with the same number on like that dice space, right? So then you're like kind of getting it, putting dice out there and placing at least one die and there's no die left, right? So you get these dice kind of out there in number groups. Then on your turn, you take one die space that has at least one of your personal color die or an, or neutral. You take dice from there. So like you can take neutral die and your die, right? So let's say if there, if several of them came out in the same number, you could do that. So you're taking them, you're putting them on top of an action tile that you have in your area to use those dice to carry out the actions that they're being, that the action that they're placed on, right? So different actions. You have this messenger. It's a little donkey cart meeple. So cute. But you advance your messenger on a road and the messenger always moves in one direction, left to right. So it starts at the first base. When it goes to the last base, it goes back to the first place. So the messenger is like moving things along. It doesn't say what the messenger does. Sends messages. You've got little novice dudes. So they're going to go out to the monsters in the game board um, to do stuff. It does not say what that stuff is. You can build a church window. So you've got these window tiles for the monastery to make this like imagery. So you you really want to build the church window for the cathedral. That's one of your goals. So that's something you can do. You can also fulfill a mission. So there are these six missions that are laid out for the course of the game. So you can like, once you complete that mission, you can then choose to like claim that mission, I guess, and get points for that. I did not watch the video because I don't do that, people. I don't watch the videos. 
But there is enough just looking at this at, again, like Jason was saying, you've got this game board. It shows these different monasteries, different action places. This messenger donkeys move along. You can pick up items from the places the messenger's going. Um, you've got these goals to fulfill. There's some actually really cool like tiles and stuff um, that come with this. There is, you've got player, your own player board that's got stuff that you can do on it, including that cathedral window. You've got your little novices. You've got your messenger donkey. There are some special upgrades, and I think maybe everyone's gotten those. I'm not sure. They're upgrading, um, like, there's an hourglass and, like, a chalice that are, like, ground markers and different things. They, they're upgrade, upgraded to wooden. There's a sticker set, which I don't love. For the novice and messenger tokens, though. So then they're like, they're adorable. Like your little novices have their little robes and their little hoods on with the stickers. And they're so cute. And then on your messenger guy, you can see your little donkeys are different colors. Like not just like the color of the player piece, but like, like you've got a Palomino donkey and like a little brown donkey. Unnecessary. Sure. But awesome. Double layer board. Absolutely necessary. So I, again, love a good old fashioned, like this is not um, my man's artwork, Clemens Franz, but it's, it's, got, trash. it's got that old busted look to it that just really appeals to us, right? Plus, I like a theme, like let's train offices, let's build stained glass windows, let's fulfill these monster missions. I like a worker placement board game. I like using some dice placement. This has a lot of good things going with it, including a donkey messenger meeple. So if any of those things appeal to you, check it out. Monasterium. It's on Kickstarter for 12 days still by the time this drops. And it's 60 bucks. Yeah, so the artist is Dennis Lohausen. I am a fan of him. Oh, yeah. I've um, heard of Dennis Lohausen. Two, I don't care what this game does. I've seen the pictures and it looks fantastic. Like it looks <laughs> just by looking at it, I can tell that this is a game that I would enjoy. Um, boring theme. There's a countryside with some horses and some monks. I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, yeah, it, it was originally released in 2020, but I don't know if it's ever been oh. in America before. Uh, no, so, it hasn't. Yeah. This publisher is bringing it to America, right. North so, America. So it'll be nice to, for people in America to finally get to check this out. I watched Rado play it, and it's so long ago that I don't remember, oh. but it was a nice crunchy Euro. That's all I, I know. But 60 bucks is not bad, especially with all that stuff that it comes with. That's pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, it looks like shipping costs is like $11 for USA, Canada, and Mexico. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah, so definitely something to check out. So uh, that's Monasterium. And that's my news for this week. All right. So we haven't played a ton of games, but I did manage to squeak in. It's my fault. I wasn't going to blame you, but. It's true. It's true. It's my fault. Yeah. I mean, I've managed to play a few uh, cooperative games by myself. So one that I'm going to talk about is an older version of a game we've talked about before, I believe. And this is Yggdrasil. So we've talked about the Yggdrasil, which is the it's Yggdrasil Chronicles, which is the 3D tree, also cooperative, but it's like a reimplementation of this one. This one is same theme, your um, gods of 
Norse mythology, and you're mm-hmm. trying to fight the evil gods to defend against Ragnarok. That's the theme. And um, the way this one works is on your turn, you're going to be taking three actions. And the actions are you're going to be gathering some kind of artifact. You may be getting some um, Vikings to put into these bags. And we'll get back to that. You may be removing fire giants from the bag. You may have some ice giants that you got to fight because Loki called these ice giants out. You may be able to call in some elves to help you. And the main action that you want to do is you need to fight these bad gods to keep them from getting too far along the tree because you lose. So you're going to do that by rolling this die that has a certain number of hammers on it. And then you can add Vikings that you've drawn out of these bags that you can do for an action. There's a white bag, a blue, a green, and a black. The white bag has more fire giants, which are bad. They go back into the bag kind of like Thebes when you pull a chip out. Vikings you can keep. And then if you can make it all the way to the black by moving your Valkyrie around these like little island track, that bag has mostly Vikings, but it's really hard to get to. So you're using these Vikings, you're using the elves to try to fight the gods by having a certain number of power equal to or greater than their strength to keep moving them back because if a certain number get past a certain line, you lose the game. And all you have to do in this is you have to survive 42 turns. If you can do that, you win. That's it. You just got to stay alive. If the gods get to a certain point before you can do that, everybody loses. So that's it. Um, th- it has a similar vibe to the other one we played, but this one's a little more old and busted Euro feeling, and I kind of dig that. You know how I feel about that. So, And you get to pull stuff out of a bag, do a little bit of push your luck. I'm in on that too. So if you like Yggdrasil Chronicles and you haven't played Yggdrasil and you ha- know somebody who has one, play it. It's fun. They're pretty different. Um, they have the same vibe, but they do feel different enough that I think if you had them both, it would be fine. But yeah, that's what I played today. I played, or this week, I played Yggdrasil. Yeah, um, I'm interested to try this. The other one was fine. It was, it's one of those that's real mean. Well, this this one's mean too. I don't like when they're so mean to you. Yeah, I mean, technically this one's not really slapping you around. It's just, you can't ignore stuff. So you got to make sure you're at least fighting the baddies or they're going to get out of control. Yeah, no. But I, I mean, I'll try it. The the big tree is cool, but I know how you love drawing stuff out of a bag. I do. And the big tree is cool. Like, the new one looks fantastic on the table. But that also hinders the gameplay a little bit because it's hard to see everything. But this it one, is. everybody can see the board, and it feels a little more traditional, I guess. <laughs> Less gimmick, <laughs> which I, I do love a gimmick, but this feels more like crusty Euro to me, and I, I dig that, so... That's what I got for Games Played, Idrisil. All right. Now on to the main event. And when I say main event, I don't just mean the subject of our episode. I mean the main event of the year. Tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this episode, we are starting our top 100 games of all time. (sighs) That's right. It's top 100 time. And since uh, I have been such delinquent and making us do uh, our podcast every other week, you're going to get a jam-packed episode. You will not get 10 games from each of us. You will get, I can't do the math, 15 games? 15 games, yeah. I was like, uh, (laughs) why why are you making this suspenseful? (laughs) 
I'm building. I'm building. You need to plug it into Excel and do a formula. Oh my gosh, I could actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna give you 15 games each episode, and that's not all. Also, on the off weeks of the podcast, I'm committing to it. It's out there. It will be out there once this is published. You know, when you're hearing it, it's published. That's existential. Whatever. You will be able to hear the 100 outside the 100. That is games 101 to 200 of our top games of all time in a live video sesh. Now, it's going to get a little crazy because like our kids don't go to bed as early as they should. One of them likes to stay up late. But I know some of us go to bed at a decent hour. So we may just start while kid two is up and it's we'll just see how it goes. But that is my commitment to you people on the off weeks that we don't have a new podcast episode. We will do a live video sometime during the week. um, Working down from 200 to 101. But on this episode, we're starting with 100 to 86. And Jason is going to kick us off with his number 100. All right. So my number 100 is a co-op game. And it is actually brand new to the list because it's a new game. What? Oh, my gosh. You not only start your list with a cooperative game, (laughs) but with a new hotness game. What the what? I, I, I already, already know this list is fake news. I already posted that there's some shakeups in this list, okay? I think I was abducted by aliens, but we're going to see. It'll <laughs> and start we're starting feel- with number 100. <laughs> It'll start feeling a little normal when we get up to the top 20. Um, but my number 100 is Disney Animated. And this is a cooperative game where you're the, uh, a Disney animator and you're trying to draw a movie, one of the classic cartoon movies, before the deadline approaches. That's the theme. But what you're trying to do is you are picking an action. There's five different actions you can pick. There's um, an action that lets you draw cards, which have like a word on them, which you use to do some stuff. There's um, a background action, which is going to let you put these little polyominoes on your board, which is drawing the background of the movie. There's an action that's called magic, which will let you do any other wild action if you have a magic token. There's an action called music, which is like your special ability. And there's one more that I can't remember. But there's five different actions. You're going to take the action. Then the action is going to slide down to the front and get weaker. It loses its its strength. And then after everybody's taking a turn, the bad guy's going to attack. And there's going to be these calamity cards that you're trying to fight uh, by playing certain cards from your hand or taking certain actions. And if there's a certain number of calamity cards left, that's how many times the bad guy is going to attack you. And they're going to do a bunch of different types of things. And they're basically going to advance the deadline. So they're kind of the timer. And players are just working together to finish their movie and capture their villain by collecting paint and all that stuff and to draw their characters and draw and capture their villain before the deadline runs out. And if one player hasn't completed their movie, everybody loses. So you're trying to work as a team. You're trying to help each other out. You're trying to take action that's beneficial to you, but also helping your, your teammates because everybody needs to finish their movies because Disney needs to put out good stuff. So my number 100, Disney animated, fantastic game. So paint would be the other action. Yes, paint, yeah. As I was saying, I was like, oh, yeah, paint. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> um, this is down lower in my list just because there's so many other really good games. But this, to me, is what I think a lot of people wanted Disney villainous to be. 
But I think this new villainess is way too complex for the casual gamer. Um, but this one, because of its cooperative nature, is a good one. I think that there's enough depth to it for gamers, but it also isn't quite as overwhelming as trying to teach everybody. Like, yes, you've got separate goals, but since you can work together, it's not as like out of control as I think that villainous can be. So I, this was a really pleasant surprise for me. My number 100 this is new to my list because I'd always wanted to play it because it was so flipping beautiful and I never had. And then our friend brought it over and I think I like it better than everyone else because it's so pretty. And that game is Tang Garden. So you're building these beautiful Chinese gardens. Um, the the emperor, you're making his garden. It's just, they even say it's a zen-like game. And it just is so relaxing. You know, you are putting tiles out on the board so that you can then add items to the garden like pavilions and different types of trees and um, lo like flowers and, you know, it's just fish and birds and then you're placing characters out that have special powers that are also going to help you then gain points um, at the end as you're placing all these things in the garden, as well as placing like backdrops for these items in the garden. And they're actually really pretty backdrops, mountains and trees and dragons for crying out loud. Like, oh my gosh. It's just so great. It's just a very, like, I I don't know if I've ever won this. I honestly don't remember because I was just so taken by placing really cool things in this garden and making it look great and putting my characters out there. Um, it's just It's just a lovely experience and it looks so great on the table. So my number 100 is Tang Garden. Yeah, I like this game. I don't like it as much as you. It's not going to be in videos or podcasts for me, but um, yeah, it it does look amazing on the table when it's when it's all said and done for sure, hands down. Probably one of the nicest looking games that we've ever played, in my opinion. All right, <laughs> so my number ninety nine is a game that we've played a ton of, and mm -hmm. this was also our friends, and he left it with us, and it is called Bad Company. Now, the reason I wanted to play this game because I like the theme. You're taking on like a a group of mobsters or gangsters, and you're trying to just embezzle and steal things to the best you can. That's effectively the theme. But ultimately, what it is, it's like Space Base or Machi Koro. You're rolling some dice, and you're going to have these characters that represent some numbers of that dice. So like seven, two through twelve. And then you're going to activate those characters when the numbers come up. And you're trying to get these different little icons to fulfill these heists that you're doing. You're trying to move your little car around on the board to stay away in front of the police car or you're going to lose points. And you're just trying to score as many points as you can by um, completing quests or heists, uh, upgrading your characters. So when a number hits, more stuff activates. You get more tokens and all that kind of thing. It's a fun game. Um I really do like it. We played it a lot, so I've had to take a little time out from it for a minute. But it's that doesn't take away from the fact that it's a good game. So my number 99, Bad Company. Yes, this will appear 
on a video for me because nice. I like it. But again, there th that's the thing. This is what kills me every year. The more that we play games, the more I'm like, well, why is that game ranked? Like it's such a high number. Like what is it doing in the 100s or the 200s? But we just have played a lot of really good games. And um, honestly, some I was talking to Jason about this. Like I have a hard time with ranking the games because if it's some of the games we only play one time, just the nature of the beast, because there's so many games flowing through here. Um, and I'll be like, yeah, I really like that game. But then it's like, well, I really like that game, but I only put it once. So I don't know how I can compare it when I don't quite remember it, but I remember I liked it. Um, and this is, again, like we played this a lot. So it felt good to me and it is a good game and I would love to play it anytime. But again, there's just so many stinking great games out there, which I think is, is a wonderful thing for the hobby. Um, but it's just going to be lower. My number 99 is a perfect game for this time of year. And that is abomination air of Frankenstein. This, um, has gone through ups and downs. It first came out and everyone was like, yes, yeah, game's awesome. Then a bunch of people were like, well, it just takes too long. And like poo-pooed on it real bad. And I feel like it kind of got like an unfair negative rap for a while. And everyone's like, well, the Igor variant, you go put the Igor variant. Screw the Igor variant, okay? The regular game is good. It's fine. Get over yourselves. Okay. Um, the, you're going around. You are going to follow in the steps of Dr. Frankenstein and build your own monster. And then you're going around getting parts. Where do you get them? You may ask. Well, you can dig up some bodies in the cemetery. You can uh, uh, get some fresh ones after they execute them in the town square. We got the guillotine going on. Uh, you can get them from the hospital because sometimes stuff doesn't go so well there. Or you know what? If you really just don't care about your morality, you can just kill fools in the alleyway and take those body parts back home. That's right. I love it. It's got this that great kind of dark edge to it. But it's such a very classic story. Like, I love playing through that. Yeah, there's like these event cards that try to do this weird story thing. Whatever. They're fine. Um, they don't really like derail what you're doing on your actions. And sometimes they like block things off and change it up so that it does kind of increase the difficulty level, which I think is important in a game. You want, you don't, if you can just waltz around and do everything you want, there's not much challenge there. So I, I really enjoy this game. We haven't played it for a while. I'd like to get it back out again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. My number 99, Abomination. Yeah, this one's up higher for me. I I really like it. Really? Yeah, I've played it a couple times by myself. Just that's two players, and it's so good. It it's so fun. It kind of kills the cards playing it two player by yourself. Those little event cards, but whatever, they're kind of irrelevant anyway. All right, so my number. What are we on? No, oh shoot, closed it. Uh, number ninety eight is a game that we haven't played for a ton, a, a long time, because. I can't get anybody to play it with me because not a lot of people like it, but I like it and I shouldn't like it because it's super mean and frustrating, but that game is dogs of war. And we've talked about this. I've talked about this. We have a video. This is a game that's basically playing three games of tug of war 
on this board where you're trying to throw your support beside behind one side of these three battles. And you're going to be doing that by putting these big mini like figures that you have and using some kind of like military card for their strength to put a character down on a space, collect a bonus and move the military tracker toward your side to win. Now there are mean cards too, where you can jump ship and start supporting the other side. You can uh, form alliances with people and break them off. And you're just trying to have your side win because it gives you shields of that color of wins the battle. And you're trying to move up your shields of all these different battles to score additional points because it's shields times flag. And it's a real fun game. I like it. Yeah, it's probably not the greatest game in the world, but it's enjoyable. And it's just for being mean, it kind of, I don't know, it works for me. This one works for me. And I like tug of war games, so that's where we are. So my number 98, Dogs of War. That's interesting. Hmm. I think this, ooh, I don't know where this is on my, I was like, I think it's, I think I don't know. Um, because it is mean. And every time I play it, I get so frustrated because it's like, um, it, it reminds me of area control. It'll be on a video for me. I like it, but not as much as you. My number 98 is a surprise for me this year because we had this game for a while. Jason had casually mentioned that he got a review copy, um, but we never played it. And then our friend Chris was like, hey, I got this game. And it was the same game that we, we already owned, except with like bigger cards. Yeah, he had the regular size version. <laughs> And a little expansion. And we played it. And I was like, this was fun. Why have we been sleeping on this game? And that game is herbaceous. Um, in this game, you've got these little planters where you're going to plant some herbs or herbs, depending on where you're from. Um, and each planter, they have like kind of a different qualification for what goes in it. You can also get some um, of these herbs and make them into like herb bread for extra points. Or you just collect, there are groups of the same herb, herb that go in a pot, all different ones and pairs. So you're trying to get the most of each of those different types into your pots. Problem is, every time in your turn, you are going to turn a card over from the deck you decide, is it going into the public garden that everyone can work out from, or is it going to go to your private garden? Wherever the first card, wherever the first card goes, the second card has to go in the opposite space. So there's a little bit of like push your luck to it. Um, you know, there's a little bit just trying to work with the cards that you get. Is is any more going to come out? What am I going to go for? What am I going to keep? Um, a lot of strategy for a very simple and in our case, very tiny game, but it is really fun. I've really enjoyed this. Um, so my number 98 is herbaceous. Yeah. It's not on videos or anything for me. I do really? like it. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I liked it more, but. I oh, I thought it. you were saying that you hadn't made a video, but you. No, it, I, I've done a video. It's just not, I'm not going to be talking about it on any of those. I, I got you. I got yeah. you. I realized what we were talking about. <laughs> Like I said, um, my brain is kind of mush today. Yeah, it happens. It's Friday. <laughs> uh, so my number 97 was actually a lot higher before. And I've actually played it more, but it's just not a game that's one of my favorite felds. 
and it is the Castles of Burgundy. It's a, this is a fine game. Um, the way the game works is you're, you're each round you're rolling two dice, and you're using these dice to either grab um, tiles off the central board to put them in your depot, or moving them from your depot to your board to try to fill in these different areas, get special powers from the tile. You may use it to um, get more workers because workers let you adjust the pips on your die. And you're just trying to manip- to get as many tiles, place as many tiles as you can over the course of, I think, five rounds. Five, It's, it's weird, just like phases and rounds. Five rounds, five phases. And uh, you're just trying to get the most points. It's a really simple game, and I everybody loves it. it feel, it's a good game, but Feld has so many other games that are deeper than this that I like more. So this one's fallen because of that. I still like it. I'll play it online all the time, but it's just not... It's not a felt I want to get off the shelf if I'm going to play one. That's going to be one that we'll talk about much later. So mm. my number 97, Castles of Burgundy. Everybody loves it but me. Uh, and to be fair, I've only played it once and I hated it. It was a terrible experience and I've avoided it ever since. I'm not saying that I'm not willing to try it again, but I there are a few felts that I really enjoy. If I know that they're actually okay, there's only one that I know that's actually a Feld. No, two. There's two that I really like that I am fairly certain are both Felds. <laughs> we'll talk about yeah, later. I, I know which ones you're talking about. They are Felds. You don't know which ones I'm talking I about. I do. Yes, I do. I'm just not going to spoil the list. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Uh, my number 97 is um, I always want to think it's like a roll and write, but it's not. It's actually a drawn place (laughs) but it's such a cute little game and um again i really love small games that like deliver a lot as far as decisions like just depth of gameplay and i think this game is one of them and it's draftosaurus so in Draftosaurus, you actually are taking a handful of little adorable dinosaurs out of a bag and you're going to take them in your hand and you're going to draft them as they get passed around the table. Um, there are a couple expansions. There are water dinosaurs and flying dinosaurs. Yes. Um, I think we only have one of them. We have water. We have water, which is really fun. Uh, the dinosaurs are adorable. And then a- after, as they're drafted, you have to place them somewhere. And there are these cards that dictate, like, no, dice. It's dice. There's a die that you roll that dictates where it goes on your dinosaur park, which everyone loves dinosaur parks. But there is a game that is a lot more involved about dinosaur parks that I'll talk about later. Uh, but this is a, a just a pared down version. And there is different pins that have different requirements. Like maybe you want couples of dinosaurs. And they want to be together um, or you want to have all different kinds of dinosaurs. Um, certain dinosaurs, maybe you don't want to have any and you get points for not having any of a type or you get extra points for having T-Rexes, but T-Rexes can't go in certain pins because they're going to eat up all the other dinosaurs. So it gives you these really like kind of interesting parameters as well as the die tells you, okay, you can only put it on this side or in this pin or like almost 
like a cardinal directions in some ways. Um, so that those limitations then again, make it a little more difficult, make it puzzling, make your choices like really key. Cause you also don't know like, what am I going to draft next? What have I seen? What dinosaurs did I pull out that are going to keep coming around? Are there going to be more of those later? Can I get a pair of these? Can I keep from getting this? Um, and just an adorable little simple quick game like this one we um there's we have two different sides of like like park map kind of player boards so we'll usually play the first one and then flip it over and play the other side right after because it's super quick but it's really fun um i just really love it so my number 97 is draftosaurus yeah it's a good one just missed my top 200 Oh, it's, it's a good game though it, it's a, every time i play it though i have a good time i just i don't know it's just not one that i i think about a lot i guess so it just didn't make it all right so let me find the list again all right my number 96 is i've actually started liking it more than i have in the past um it may have been ranked higher before but i've actually played it more and i know i understand it now and it's probably right where it should be and that is teo to however you say it City of Gods, and this is basically a big rondelle. You're using these dice, and you're moving around these eight spaces, I think, and you're taking different actions. And then after, as you take an action, it may build a pyramid. It may help you collect resources. You may move up on some tracks. And then as you're taking an action, you're going to be leveling up your dice, which means advancing the pip-up one. Once they hit level six, they will ascend, um, and you'll get some ascension bonus, and then basically the die comes back down as a three. So it's just a way to reset your dice. Um, after there's an eclipse, you're going to have to feed your workers with cocoa. If you can't pay with cocoa, you have to spend points. And you're just trying to, over the course, I think, of three eclipses. I've only ever played it online, like, really. So I'm not sure, like, how that triggers. But um, after so many eclipses, the game's over. Whoever has most points is the winner. It's a cool game. Um, I'd probably, I'm more interested in playing it in real life now that I've played it online a little bit more. And... Yeah, I think I'm starting to like it a, a little bit better now the more that I've dabbled into it. So my number 96, Teotihuacan. This is another one that I I did not have a good experience playing it the last time. We played it in real life. Um, but also I'm sure I did not understand it. Like that's highly possible too. So I guess I'd be willing to give it another go. Although oh, it might be a tough sell. Uh, my number 96 is a game that, gosh, I feel like we go through phases with this game. We got it and played it a ton because I happened to just randomly play it at um, the world tournament for uh, Star Wars Destiny. And I was like, man, this game is really fun. I was telling Jason about it. And he's like, oh, interesting. Looked it up. We ended up getting a copy. Um, really loved it. And I think nearly everyone we've ever introduced this game to like really digs it. And that's Illimat. Illimat's weird. Um, it feels like a trick taking game, but it's not really. Um, but you have, and the cool part is the board is like this cloth. So you lay this cloth out, the box then becomes in the center and it spins. Uh, so you are placing cards in order to capture cards in these different fields. The fields 
um, are represented by different seasons and different seasons you can do different things. So there's sowing, which is putting a placing card in the field. There is harvesting, which is taking cards from the field. There is stockpiling, which is grouping cards together. And there's, that's it. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, there's four actions. Harvest, uh, sow, stockpile. No, there's and, three. Uh, there's just three. Yeah, you might be. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Um, and then and then each each field has a, what's called a, lu- a luminary in it, which is like a tarot card type thing that has a special power that kind of changes some rules in the game. Um, and then they also you can claim them and they count as points for you at the end of the round. It's it seems really odd and sometimes kind of hard to explain. Once you start playing it, you're like. Oh, I totally get this. Especially if you've grown up playing cards and that's something that you're just like, it's old hat to you. It makes sense. This game will come fairly easily. It's funky enough to be interesting, um, but yet familiar enough to catch on quickly too. And I, I just, I just really like the aesthetic of it. So that is my number 96 Illimat. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like any other game. Any other card game, it, it, it's its own thing for sure, which is interesting. I do appreciate that. All right, so my number 95 is another tea game. Uh, probably if we played this more, it would be up higher, uh, honestly. And that is Tekenu Obelisk of the Sun. And this game is a dice drafting game where you are building different areas around this obelisk. And each of the areas are going to give you different action. You may be getting some special abilities. You may be getting some in-game scoring bonus. You may be putting up some um, statues around the obelisk. You may be building monuments or different buildings. And you're just trying to do all these things. Certain colored dice are off limits because they're in the the shadow of the obelisk. It's just a there's a lot of rules, but once you figure it out, it's a really fun dice drafting game and cool puzzle. There's some stuff that I don't like where there's these like you got to have your dice balance on the light and the dark. It's kind of dumb. It doesn't serve any point, but it's still an enjoyable game. One that I would like to play more. It'd probably go even higher. Uh, I think it's been higher before, but since we haven't played it that much, it's slipped down. So my number 95 to Kinu. This actually is much higher for me. And the last couple times we played it, it really... It, it, it captured me so much that it's really stuck with me. So I, I will talk about it later. Uh, but my number 95, I think would be higher if we played this more. Um, and it, what's interesting is that we've played it at two and I think we've played it at three, um, but it plays differently at those different player counts, which I think is kind of cool. And, I really like both ways, and that's Venice. Um, Venice is this really cool pickup and deliver game um, where you're going around in gondolas and picking up and delivering stuff in said gondolas. In a two-player game, there's actually like this, I don't, what do they call it? That they're, boat? I think they're spy boats or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, but they can, if if you pl- you place them as well as your own on your turn, and if you can get your opponent to go when your opponent goes by them, they get like infamy or something, notoriety or something. 
that can be negative for them. So that might cause them to take longer routes, not deliver as much. So it's like a whole nother level strategy to this game, which I think is already really interesting. Um, and plus, dang, you can put stuff in the gondolas. It's just so like, it's a great gimmick. Um, apparently, there's a bigger board for it. And the expansion yeah. or is expansion the bigger board? It's a bigger board is the main part, but it also comes to this little side thing too. So it does actually have expansion content in it. Okay. But I, I it is tight quarters for sure. So I would like to play with the bigger board. Um, and that one maybe causes us to move up higher. But that is my number 95, Venice. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I forgot to look where this was at on mine. Uh, but if it's not on my list, it's just because we haven't played it enough. Oh, yeah, I'll be talking about it later. Uh, it, it's a good one. It's a good one for sure. <laughs> All right, so my number 94 is actually a game that we don't own. It is on our shelf, but we don't own it. And it is a game called Batoku. And this is a big, uh, busy-looking board, but it has amazing art. But it's a, it's a dice placement game. Where you are trying to use these dice, I don't, I can't, I've played this game a couple of times. And I still don't even know how to explain it. Um, you're using these dice to collect different types of, for lack of a better term, stuff to score points. That sounds a cop out because that's what all these games are basically. But the way that this works is you're going to be placing your dice on one side of a river, and then later you can then move that die to the other side of the river if you've played a certain pip value to take an additional bonus action. So. It gives you some extra stuff you can do. You're trying to collect these different cards that are spe- that you're going to be using to take actions. You're trying to unlock extra dice. You're trying to get these uh, dragonflies and these little plants that they're laying on to collect a bunch of bonuses. Trying to move along this rock path. I mean, it's a track. I love tracks. But it's a fantastic game. It it looks a lot busier and harder than it is. But once you get into it, it's it, it makes sense how it flows. But even though I've played it like three times, I still don't know what I'm talking about. But it's a good game. It's fun. So if you want a Euro game that looks good on the table, check this one out. So number 94, Batoku. This is actually much, much higher on my list. Um, I just maybe have fond memories. I don't know. I mean, I sometimes, have fond memories. I just don't know how the game works. Sometimes towards the end of my ranking... I like lose all sense of like, are are these games? What am I doing with my life? Um, So who knows? Who knows how accurate my rankings are? Uh, My number 94 is another game that we played mm, at least once, maybe twice. And it's so compelling looking. The art I really love. Um, And it's one of those games that has a really dumb name that doesn't really match I think the game itself, and that's Tidal Blades, Heroes of the Reef. Um, I, I get it, like you are kind of fighting in these stadiums and stuff, but it's it's a lot of worker placement and um, kind of contract fulfillment stuff. So it's not like fighting. Like in my mind, Tidal Blades sound. I, this company's terrible me, at naming their games, which just put it at that. It reminds me of Beyblade. I think, which is why I'm like, oh, it's like things fighting. And yeah, kind of, but that's, there's so much more to this. Like it really has more interesting Euro components to it, but it looks so great. It takes up a bunch of space, takes up a ton of space on the table. 
Um, but it's really pretty and you've got really cool decisions on where you're going to place your workers. Um, I don't even know that I completely understand how to win this game, but I have a lot of fun playing it and I really want to play it again. So that's Tidal Blades Heroes of the Reef. Yeah, I'll be talking about it in a few weeks. It's good. I like it. So my number 93 honestly would be higher if I ranked it as a solo game only, but because a four player game takes like eight hours, it bumped it down a little. So this is Expeditions. I think it's 1920 or something. The mm-hmm. side follow-up, basically, which means it's got the same art and plays completely different. Um, but this game is basically a resource collection game, a conversion game, contract fulfillment game, where you're racing to put four stars out on the board, which is the Stonemeyer. They love to do the star thing. And the way the game works is you're moving these little minis around to these huge hexes. You're either taking an action on the hex, uh, completing a mission, or um, uh, one other, actually, I can't remember, but or placing a star. You're just trying to do all that stuff the most efficient way that you can and maybe get in the way of other people so they can't use the hex that they need and all that kind of thing. There's barely any interaction, but it goes on way too long at more than one player. Um, the one player game is great. You can play it in 40 minutes and you get the full three player experience, which is fantastic. So my number 93 expeditions, it would be higher if it wasn't a multiplayer game. So there you go. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's not going to be featured on any of my lists. Uh, my number 93, I, as I'm, as I was categorizing, ranking my games and then going back and looking over the output, I have a lot of deck builders. Because I love deck builders. And I shamelessly ranked a lot of them very high because I like to play them. And we do play them a lot. And so this is actually the lowest of all the deck builders on my top 100. At 93, we have DC Deck Builder. I think it, like it's got that longer name, DC Comics. Yeah, deck no one calls it that. Adventure something, something, heroes, baddies, whatever. Um. We don't own this, but we have played it, I think, at more than once. Oh, yeah. Lots of times. Lots of times. Um, with some of our friends. In a lot of ways, to me, it doesn't stand out from other ones. Except um, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's different characters. I had Catwoman or something. like Just a, a, a mix of, oh, yeah, I had Wonder Woman on my cards. The difference here then is it's not cooperative, unlike some other deck builders that I do also enjoy. But I I do I do like the competitive nature of this. I like the way um, cards can really synergize in this one differently. I feel like there is it, it, compared to some other ones, there's lots of ways to make connection, lots of opportunities for connection um, between cards to like help you kind of go in a certain direction based on the cards you're able to buy and get. I really like that. There also are a lot more ways to get negative cards in your deck, I think, uh, which I don't like, but then that does up the challenge. Um, And I, I, yeah, while I prefer Marvel over DC, which you will probably see, um, this is a quality deck builder and I love deck builder. So my number 93 DC deck builder. Yeah. I think I took this off my list in, um, for another game that's exactly the same but with a different theme so that'll come mm. up later 
All right, so my number 92 is actually would probably be higher if I played it in real life more. I played it online a lot, but I've only played it in real life a couple times. And that is Puerto Rico. And this is a game where it's an old Euro game from, I think, 2000. And this is one of the first games where when somebody picked an action, everybody else got to do the action, but at a little bit um, less powerful. So like if I take an action, I may get a discount on something when you have to do full price. And what you're trying to do in this is you're trying to build different like types of uh, agricultural things like a tobacco farm, cotton mill, all that kind of thing. And you're trying to convert those resources into other types of goods to ship them off to get points. You're trying to build buildings, which are going to give you points. And you're just trying to do that again in a more efficient way than everybody else. It's a really fun game. It's kind of a dry theme. It has some questionable theme stuff in it too. Um, but all that aside, the gameplay is really fun. Again, it could be black and white with just words on cards for all I care. Um, and it's a fun game. I enjoy it. You've probably played it if you've played a lot of Euro games. Um, so my number 92, Puerto Rico. Oh, uh, yeah. I have not played this one, right? You played the the... The card version. The card version, yeah, same one. Okay, so I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> it's sim- They're similar, just Puerto Rico's a little bit. I do like San Juan. Um, I don't know that's on my list, though. Uh, my number 92 is a game that's just too cute, and it makes me just feel so warm and fuzzy inside. And I'm so excited for its follow-up, and also the other things that this designer has made, like Hello Kitty Day in the Park, and that's Creature Comforts. Um, and creature comforts, you are a little creature and they are adorable because you get like to pick your different creatures. Um, who is gonna is getting all these cozy things ready for winter? You need your creature comforts, like the title. So you are using dice. And like this sounds like like, oh yeah, it's so easy. But you have personal dice. Then there are also community dice. The thing is you're gonna place um your workers based on just the personal dice that you roll. So you don't know what the community dice are going to be. So maybe in order to go to a certain spot and collect um, a bunch of mushrooms, you need like a run of three. So you need a one, two, three, maybe in your personal, you know, dice, you have a two and a three. You're hoping for a one. You don't know if you're going to get it or not. I think that's, that adds like this really great element to what's a fairly straightforward game. Um, you're collecting these resources so that you can then make cozy things like a bookshelf and books or um, a stew or um, maybe activities like you want to go snowshoeing or a toboggan or some board games. Or uh, some instruments to play. It's just really cute. Uh, The artwork is amazing. It has a really nice balance between a very relaxing, fun game with a a little bit of strategy. Like, it is good to... You can get these other cards that allow you to score points off of things that other people have made as well. So in-game bonus type things can be found throughout that. um, In addition to just getting things during the game. So... I really like it. My number 92 is Creature Comforts. Yeah, I couldn't find it on my list. I know it's on there somewhere, but I'm I'm not good at searching. So Control yeah, F. Yeah, I know. Do you? We'll try it again later. Uh, my number 91 
uh, would probably be higher if I played it more. I played it twice, and I don't know. I just I, I know I like it. But then you went on and on and on about this flipping game and went and got your own <laughs> stupid copy. I traded for it. It's fine. And now it's way down here on your top 100. Yeah, it's Endless Winter Paleo-Americans. So this is a deck builder of sorts. But it also has some worker placement. You're going to be placing your workers on these. I think there's five different actions. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but they're all going to do different things. Build some buildings, collect some cards, kill some animals, all that kind of thing. Or collect animals, I guess. You can kill them if you want to. And then you're trying to... Um, I hate to say score points because that's what you're trying to do, but you are trying to score points. There's a couple tracks you're going to be moving up. Uh, whatever side of the track you move up is going to determine which thing is going to give you the most points. You're going to be removing cards from your game. Your, your hand, which gives you points. You're going to be also collecting additional points for... I think animals or something. And then whoever has most points is the winner. It's got some really cool, um, some mechanisms with the worker placement piece and the way the cards work. You're using, they're like multi-use cards. They can be used in a couple different ways. And it's, I don't know, it's a fun game. I'm having trouble remembering it because it's been a while since we played, but I am looking right at it and I want to play it. So, (laughs) you know, there is that. So my number 91, Endless Winter Paleo-Americans. Yeah. I, I might talk about this in the video, so I'm not sure. My number 91 is a game that Jason had played without me. I'm not sure why. Well, that's said for a lot of games, actually. I mean, we ended up, like, like every game. <laughs> then we ended up getting a copy. Um, did we buy it? Yeah, on our anniversary trip? No. We just took it with us. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe it came before then or something. Yeah, yeah. I traded for this, I think. mm um, and we played it just two player. I'd like to play it with more because I've only played two player, but it's really fun. And that's passing through Petra. So passing through Petra, you're doing like these trade caravan type things, um, getting these traders and then trying to make deals at the most opportune time to get the most points or money. Are they the same thing? Um, it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's points. I think it's points. Uh, but the interesting thing is you, your actions are determined by moving this little person on the square, like a little square uh, grid. Um, but they can't, so they can't take the same action twice and they always have to be moving. I don't know if it matters what direction. No, they just can't be in the... They just can't be the same. They just can't take the same action twice. So that kind of, you know, limits how you're doing your actions. And then also, um, you know, traders that are coming through this, like, passing through Petra, um, you only get so many at a time. So some of them are blocked. It's It's got this really kind of... Is it gimmicky? Probably. You could just only put out so many tiles. Um, but making those, like, trades at the right time and getting your traders set up and um, hitting these goals so you can unlock other things. Uh, really key, really cool. I-, I would love to play this again. It's puzzly, but not overly complex. Like, I just really, really liked it. So my number 91, Passing Through Petra. Yeah, it's a Petra good one. Petra means rock. Petra does mean rock. That's true. Uh, yeah, this, I think I'm talking about this in the video. Let me see if I can do Control F. Hey, it worked. Yes, it will be on videos. There you go. All right, so my list is right here. My number <laughs> 90 
Mine's right here, too. <laughs> well, I got like eight tabs open. I'm trying to find what I got. Uh, so my number 90 is actually a Reiner Knizia game with a co-designer. I can't remember who the co-designer is. So if you're listening to this, sorry. They're um, not. <laughs> you're not. But if you happen to stumble <laughs> upon it, you get bored someday. Sorry, I forgot your name. And the Kidding game is, is Witchstone. Now, I've played this, I don't know, three or four times. And I really like it. I'm actually surprised that it's not higher based on my rankings. But then I was looking through other games, and I do like a lot of these other games better. So this game is um, a tile placement game where you you have these double-sided or tiles with two actions on them. You're going to be putting them in a cauldron. Double-ended. Double-ended, yes. There you go. And uh, as you connect tiles to the same action that matches the tile that you place you're going to make that action stronger because each instant of it in a group of connected tiles is how strong that action is and you're trying to build these like magical networks so you can move your witches around to these different locations because if you get them in certain positions they're worth points you're trying to collect these um, gold cards that are worth points you're trying to move up on this wand track you're trying to move around this owl track there's lots of tracks which is cool you're trying to move these crystals out of your cauldron because they're going to let you get bonus actions and all the other ways that you can get actions and you're only taking like 13 turns or something it's it's pretty short but it is a fun fun experience every single time a nice little puzzle we have the expansion we haven't played yet we need to bust it out and try it probably move it up even higher so my number 90 witchstone i'm a big fan of this probably like 30 more than you nice uh my number 90 is a game from uh BoardGameTables.com, but they changed their name to something else that I'll never remember. All play. Sure. Might as well just put throw some letters in there. I'll get that screwed up too. But at first I was like, oh, who wants to play this game? It turns out I do. I really, really do. It's super good. And that game is QE. So first, like, QE. I didn't even know what that meant. Um, why would I know what that is? It was like all the rage when the Fed was doing all their funny math. When have I ever watched the news? I don't know. It's probably on that Excel formula. <laughs> no, I I can't even tell you what it stands for now. Quantitative easing. Okay. Basically printing um, money. Yeah. I didn't know about any of that. It's like when I started working at like a mortgage servicer and I didn't really understand how... You had to have insurance on them. I didn't understand anything. This is what I felt like with QE. But QE is so fun. So you are a country and you're just going to print money. And it doesn't matter as long as you aren't the most bankrupt country. You have a chance to win. So you're doing this blind bidding for commodities because you are almost doing like a, oh, it's not like bingo, but it's it's a collection for different commodities, like the more you have a, of one commodity, if you have a variety of commodities, if you have your own country's commodities, you can score different points for that. But you're bidding whatever amount of money you want on a tile, it's a dry erase tile, turning it into whoever is holding the auction, and you're hoping that you win it, right? But the thing is, you don't know how much money wins it. So you don't know how much anyone's spending, but you lose if you you if you spend the most you like can't you are bankrupt you're out and then you're trying to get the most things that you can with the least amount of money spent because you can get some bonus points for that too 
It's like a real fine line to walk. It is crazy. When you try to explain it to people, they're like, what the what? And it's hard like, to explain for sure. You're like, let's just play around a couple rounds. And you'll be like, oh, you can play a whole game. It doesn't take very long at all. And then everyone's like, dude, I get it. I get it. Let's go. Um, it You can bid zero also. And you can get points for that, too. Like, it's just a fun, like, ridiculous game. It's one of a few games about numbers. Um, I don't know. I guess you could call this an economic game, maybe. Yeah, no, ish. Eh, probably ish. not. Yeah. It's the only kind of economic game that I want to play. Um, it's really fun. So my number ninety is QE. Yeah, it'll be on a video for me. I do like this game a lot. Mm-hmm. So my number eighty nine would be higher if anybody else wanted to play it, but every single Whoa. person I've played this with hates this game. I'm not even kidding. Um, <laughs> Every single person that's played it has not been a fan. I hate and this game. I see. And that is num- it, my, not number. That is Bora Bora. And this is a Stefan Fell game. Another dice placement game where you are trying to place dice to put these little villages down on this map. Um, get cards from the favor of the gods. Collect different jewelry. So you want to collect sets of jewelry to score points. And you're also trying to get these men and women tiles to live in your village because you can activate them once per round. You can activate a man and a woman, and they will give you additional bonuses and ways to score points, get more stuff, do all that kind of thing. And there's also some goals that you're trying to accomplish every round by maybe having a certain number of huts out in the village or um, certain types of men or women tiles, that kind of thing. And you're doing that over a certain number of rounds, I think four or five, and... Whoever has most points and all that said and done is the winner. Uh, it's a, kind of a beefier fell game. It's got a little bit going on. It has some color too. And by that color, I mean teal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like it. I never play it because no one else wants to play it. So if I do play it, I just play it two player by myself. And that is number 89, Bora Bora. Yeah, I don't like it. I, 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 can't, I can't pinpoint on why exactly I hate this game so much. But I do. I, I just I just do. Um, <laughs> my number 89 is a cooperative game that really flies under the radar for me until we bring it out and play it. And every time afterwards, I'm like, dang, that game is so good. And that's Black Orchestra. Black Orchestra by our friend PDB. I want to call him our friend. Are you our friend PDB? Are we going to hang out and play games sometime? He's my friend on, fa- on Facebook. Oh, that's real. That's real friendship. Yeah. Um, this game is super good. So it's cooperative. You are playing a a group of conspirators that's trying to get a plot together and execute a plot to execute Hitler. Because we don't need people like that running around. We're going to stop it. It's based on um, historical happenings. Uh, but even if you don't love history, like it is tense. I mean, you're like, okay, I have a, a briefcase bomb. All right, I got a briefcase bomb for Hitler. Here's the things I need. Are you close? Are you close? Wait, I'm too suspicious. Okay, wait, like I'm not committed enough. How do I raise my commitment level? Oh my gosh, the Escapo are putting you in jail. How do we get you out of jail? What are you doing? Are you narking on me? What's going down? Like it gets intense. It gets intense for no reason. You're just moving like these cardboard chits around on a board but it's so intense you're like oh my gosh i'm getting questioned by the scapo you're looking at a card people but i don't know it just gets inside your head like it just 
Oh, it's so, it's so good. It's so, so good. I really love it. Um, the last time we played it, it was like super intense. We actually ended up killing Hitler. It was so close. Um, we almost all ended up, or did we all end up going to no, jail? No, the last time we played it, we all were in the, the <laughs> we gulag. We all were in jail. Yeah. cut us all, our plot failed. Um, we have, I have won it. So it's, it's very difficult, but not impossible. Like I think some other difficult cooperative games are, but this one is so worth it. My number 89, Black Orchestra. Yeah, I like this one. My issue with this one is it's probably a little too long. But outside of that, yeah, I I do really like it. I'll play it anytime because the theme is awesome. And it really does. I don't know. It is just moving cardboard around, but it's super tense. I I don't know what it is. All right. So my number 88 has been much higher. And it's just because we don't play this game anymore. Mm -hmm. I look at it. Mm -hmm. It has a good look. Um, And that is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Uh, this is a dice placement game, kind of. Uh, you're rolling these three dice, and then you have these cylinders, which represent those three dice, and using those cylinders and the value of the die as workers to take different actions in the value of the die. And you're trying to collect different cards to score in-game points, to, to um, run two different machines. You got like a um, military machine, an agricultural machine. You're trying to collect gold, different resources, so because you have to pay for stuff. And you're just trying to be the best in the Italian world. I don't know. It's a it's a fun game. It's it's one that I always want to play. Well, not always, but I think about playing. But then I just grab something else. I don't I don't know why that is. We have a lot of games, so that's that's the reason probably. But I do like it. It's fun. We also have the expansion that I would like to try at some point. So number eight, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Um, I love this game and time and distance has not dulled that love for it. So we'll talk about it in a later episode. Uh, my number 88 is a party game. And I know there are people who hate this game. And that's sad because even if we get knocked out right away, it's still really fun. Because who doesn't love to point foam guns at the people they love? And that's cash and guns. This game, we have had a riot plague with it. We have the expansion. So we've got like a big dirty, hairy foam gun. We've got stun guns. We've got grappling hooks. Um, It's just ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous game. You are basically pointing your gun at somebody else. Arbitrarily. Arbitrarily. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes, purposely. And... They don't know if you have an actual bullet or a blank in the chamber. Um, so there's pressure luck. And then you're hoping that your luck holds and you don't get shot because you want some loot. Because, man, we're all a bunch of criminals and we want to make out with the loot. But we don't want other people to get too much of it. Uh, it's... It's just so fun. There's something so satisfying about pointing a foam gun. Jason will like basically pistol at me with his foam gun. I cannot sit I near did him. It one time. No, you, it's not one time. It is not <laughs> one time. I still have like a bruise from how many times he kept beating me with this felt with this gun is ridiculous yeah it it is hilarious watching grown people (laughs) point fake guns at each other (laughs) yes i understand some people don't like guns um that's fine we live in the midwest um a lot of people are really into it so uh, we have a lot of fun with big groups and this does play a lot of people um 
and then it's just like pure chaos of foam guns everywhere um so yeah it's it's a good time and i love like i love i obviously love games that are complex that have um meaningful decisions that multi-pass victory i also love games inspire just a really good time fun memories um just togetherness and that's cash and guns so that's my number 88 yeah this will be on a video for me but man there's something about sticking that dirty hairy gun pointing at somebody while they have they have the little tiny gun pointing back at you that's hilarious <laughs> all right so my number 87 is um a game that we just played not that long ago within i don't know the last four or five months and it is champions of midgard uh, this would probably be higher, but again, I think it's too long. I'm 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 losing patience with long games. I I don't know what that says about me, but it's the truth. So if a game's too long, it's been it's gotten some some taking some hits. But Champions of Midgard is a worker placement game where you are effectively Vikings, and you are trying to collect different other types of Vikings, which are represented by dice, and you're going to be sending those dice off to battle they're going to be fighting a troll they might be fighting a jogger um i can't burgesseer mountain folk and monsters sea monsters and then they're eventually going to die when they go to their battle and then you're going to collect their souls and send them to valhalla and use those tokens to only if you have the valhalla expansion that's true if you have the valhalla expansion without but you need that get that um and then you can spend those tokens to collect awesome cards that give you cool bonuses uh, it's, it's a super fun game. It's, it can be kind of irritating because sometimes the dice rolls don't go your way and that can get frustrating, but with Valhalla, it doesn't feel as bad. So keep that in mind. If you had the base game, the dice rolling can feel worse than with the expansion. Uh, but it's, it's really fun. Probably maybe two rounds too long, but outside of that, I love it. So number 87 champions of Midgard. I love this more than you actually, because I think of our recent plays, I was like, yeah, this is good. But what do you know? Uh, my number 87 is a game that if we played it more, it might be higher and it once was higher. But I don't remember it very well. Um, our friends at the Board Game Rundown would rave about this on and on and on. Probably not now because they're all caught the new. Ooh, shots fired. Um, however, it is good because it's... I, I, I generally really like a nice dice placement game. This has lots of different things to keep up with at one time, which I also love. And that is Taverns of Tiefenthal or Tiefenthal or whatever you want to say. Tiefenthale. Um, <laughs> you're running a tavern. So you are also trying to upgrade your tavern. You can get someone to do the dishes, I believe. Um, get like better kegs or more of them. Um, seating. There are expansions to this. Do we have them? Uh, no, there's one expansion. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else that brings, but um, different kinds of visitors. So you're trying to like fill their orders. They can give you stuff, give you money, so you can buy these upgrades. Um, I like that there are lots of different ways to go with this game because, again, like I mentioned before, I love multi pass to victory. This has that. I would like to get it out again and see how it stacks up with some of the other euros that I really love that you will see as the list goes on um but it's still quality game in my memory number 87 taverns of teeth and Thal. yeah i don't think this made anything for me because we haven't played it in a minute oh no i lied take that back forget everything i said <laughs> uh okay so my number 
86 is a game honestly that I thought would be higher, but I think it's because I hate the teach. The teach is awful, um, which kind of bumps it down because I want to play this, but only with people that already know how to play it. And that is Woodcraft. And this is a game from, I think, Vladimir Suchi. And what you're trying to do ultimately is you're trying to collect different colored dice. There's yellow, green, and brown. And then you're trying to use those dice and cut them in half figuratively by taking actions and exchanging pips from like maybe two green ones to a brown and a yellow, whatever. And then you're trying to glue them together to turn them into different dice to build these different types of like wooden things. Like you may build a, a workbench or uh, a, a piano, whatever. Um, and then you're also trying to collect different types of workers that can come and help you take, make those actions better. You may be putting tools in your attic. You might be planting a tree that keeps growing wood for you. So you always have wood available. And there's this really cool, like Rondell action selection thing that when you take an action, it kind of moves it along. Maybe it makes it less good for someone else to take later. Um, it's, it's a really good game. It has a lot going on that I mentioned stuff that I didn't say some stuff that's super important, which is fine. Play it for yourself. Um, but it is a really good game. I don't want to teach you. If you know how to play, I'll gladly play with you. My number 86, Woodcraft. Uh, I'll be teaching this game from now on because I really like it. So we'll talk about that later. I like it too. I just don't want to teach it. Well, um, I like it more than you. Uh, My number 86 is a really, in some ways, simple game. But again, I love simple games that have like really fun decisions and fun themes. And this does... Uh, I think cool thing with both. And this game is called Don't Go In There. And uh, Fan Zero introduced us to this game. And it's got cool components. It's got um, a dice tower out of the box, which is awesome. Glow in the dark dice. Um, do you have to have like an upgraded version to get the different ghosty faces? I think that's base. Yeah, I think that's base. I, do the ghosties glow? Did we decide that? The ghosties do glow in the dark, yes. I mean, oh, it's so cute. So you're going into this haunted house, right? Um, but it's a, basically at its heart a set collection game, and you are placing dice at these different locations um, as like a way to bid. Am I am I doing this right? Remember this game, right? My brain. Uh, you're, just, you're using. My brain just you're stopped. Putting your, you, <laughs> like you're putting your. You're Your ghost hunter down on these cards. And then once a card is full. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. You're going to roll the, the dice and then see what happens. Yes. Yeah, see how many like of these ghosts come out because they're actually negative. You don't want to keep them unless you do. <laughs> Right. There are because, some things where you do want them. Yeah. Because of how the different types of cards that you can collect, because um, underneath each area, there are these cards that you're kind of in some ways bidding for, hoping to get when you're placing your hunter there. Um, so, like, and then when those collections, like, when you reach, like, whatever the set number is for the collection, it'll fire off, like, this special power that maybe will take get rid of ghosts maybe we'll make them like not a bad thing for you um all these things because you you don't you want to end up with like the least negative points 
it has a it's such a like fun theme it has such really cute components and then you're like oh i just placed my ghost hunter blah blah whatever but the way that the cards fire off, the way that you can use them, uh, the the possibility of the dice roll, where you place your person, you know, how much risk you're willing to take to get cards, um, really, like, really meaningful decisions and just such a fun little game. So my number is 86. I didn't explain it well. I got there eventually once the hamster started going again. Um, don't go in there. Good game. Well, in your defense, Haunt the House feels a lot like this one. Yes. And I was like, separate them, separate them. (laughs) Also good, different, but good. Okay. So those are our 100 games, 100 through 86 of our top 100 games of all time. Wow. This has been an episode. So real quick, let's recap 100 through 86 in case maybe your hamster quit in the middle of this podcast. All right. So my number 100 is Disney animated. 99 is bad company. 98 dogs of war. 97, the castles of Burgundy. 96, Teotihuacan. 95, Tekinu. 94, Batoku. 93, expeditions. 92, Puerto Rico. 91, Endless Winter, Paleo-Americans. 90, Witchstone. 89, Bora Bora. 88, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. 87, Champions of Midgard. And 86, Woodcraft. 100 is Tang Garden. 99, Abomination Air Frankenstein. 98, Herbaceous. 97, Draftosaurus. 96, Illimat. 95, Venice. 94, Tidal Blades, Heroes of the Reef. 93, DC Deck Builder. 92, Creature Comforts. 91, Passing Through Petra. 90, QE. 89, Black Orchestra. 88, Cash and Guns. 87, Tyrants of Teethenthal. And rounding out the list at 86 is Don't Go In There. We didn't have any overlap in that whole thing. None. That's really interesting. I feel like it will get closer as we get closer to 100 or to number one. But I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes your list, every time we do this, I'm like, what is going on? I'm a wild card. Yes. I'm so unpredictable. If I looked up unpredictable (laughs) and capricious in the dictionary, it's Jason Smith. Yep. It's not. I could go to any restaurant and order exactly what Jason would get every time. Hands down. I could predict the t-shirt that he will wear every day. Well, joke's on you. I'm wearing a shirt and tie now in your face. That's to work. When you come home, you will pick the t-shirt that's off the top of the drawer unless I go in and flip them upside down to force you to pick a different one. Tell me you I'm wrong. You don't know me. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> you can't. Anyway, um, I hope that you guys like these lists. If you don't, um, we'll see you next year and we'll do something different in January. Um, But even more than that, I want to know your top 100. And maybe you don't have 100. That's cool. That's cool, boo. Just give me 20. Just give me 10. Um, What about our list? Something new? Something surprising? Something you've always wanted to try? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Find us on all of our socials. The Facebooks, hashtag the Riveted group is the best. Um, we've got a Discord chat. We've got the Tiki Talkies, which I do not go on now no, because I deleted TikTok. 
We do not have the Tiki Talkies. We still have it. It's just nothing's ever going to happen. So. Okay. Forget that. Insta. We do have that. We have the Twitters. Um, we have a website. Who knew, right? Uh, so, yeah. Let us know. Like, I, I honestly do want to know um, if you found some new games, if you're interested in some games, if you want to know more about it. Because I'm sure I described all these badly because I my brain's mush. I just keep seeing Excel formulas. Uh, so, yeah. That is the first installment of our top 100 games of all time. You got anything else, Dad? Nope, I don't think so. Um, yeah, so buckle in. Well, I guess I'll say this. Buckle in because it's going to be a long, long list of talking about games. So there we go. That didn't sure. contribute anything to the to the conversation, but I wanted to say it. Thank you so much. Instead of <laughs> buckle up, you said buckle in. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good with words sometimes. Well, I've been Katie. <laughs> and I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming and buckle in. <laughs> You're a buckle in. <laughs> <laughs>